I know, right? <laughs> Pretty adorable. Happy Valentine's Day. If you're, if you're new to CCV, we don't always have livestock on stage, but we thought it fit the series, the rhino, the bison, and the lamb. And last week we talked about the rhino, and what a great message, that, that forward faith of the rhino, that, that aggressive, bold faith. This guy's not quite like a rhino. It's a little bit different. But we're looking at characteristics of these animals that could improve our own character. And one of the things that we learn from the lamb, right, is how dependent they are. They need a shepherd. And actually, the early church learned this way early on. And that's why one of the first pictures ever painted of Jesus in the catacombs was a shepherd carrying a lamb on his shoulders. He is our good shepherd. And I suppose if I ask 100 guys, like, would you rather be a rhino or would you rather be a lamb? Most guys are gonna go, no, I wanna be the rhino. Who doesn't want to bull rush a brick wall? But there's a lesson from this guy. You curious about him out there? Huh? I know, come back, come back out here, they wanna see you. <clears throat> the lesson you have to learn about a lamb, or from the lamb, is how dependent they are on the shepherd. <laughs> That's right. Because until you learn the dependence of a lamb, you will never have the bold faith of a rhino. And I wanna tell you why that's so important to me. You're not gonna run away, are you? See you later, buddy. <laughs> the reason that's so important to me is that some of you know last month uh, I got COVID. Or more accurately, uh, COVID got me. For three weeks, I was flat on my back. And the thing that was so irritating to me is that like, I learned how serious COVID was, that many people have died from it, and I can now see why. What irritated me most was not just being sick, but having my illusion wiped away that I'm tougher than I am. Like, I'm no Rich Froning, okay? Our guest for next week, four-time fittest man in the world, eight-time champion of CrossFit. I'm no Rich Froning, but for a middle-aged guy, I'm in pretty good shape. Oh, yeah, I hear what you're thinking. Middle age? You're going to live past 100? It's possible. So I kind of, this is the honest truth. I act tougher than I am. Anyone else? I would like you to think that I'm stronger than I am. COVID wiped out any illusion I had that I was deceiving anybody about how tough I am. And some of you are gonna to try to console me, I know you're going to, come up and say, well, it hits different people differently and it doesn't mean that you're weak. I just stop, not helpful, because I gave my wife COVID. For four days, she lost her smell. <laughs> Boo hoo. It's a, it's a critically important lesson that we are not as strong as we think. We're not as tough as we think. But honestly, I am stronger now than I've ever been because the community of this church circled around me in an unbelievable way. Like I, it was so overwhelming to me, I got really emotional for like a week. Ashley called me and just checked on me and I'm going, I'm doing fine. It's just the power you have in the community 
is overpowering even when you are personally weak. And I want to land this message on one simple passage. It comes from the lips of Jesus. I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. And we're going to talk about lambs among wolves, a pathetic picture. I want you just to notice right now, I'm sending you. I'm sending you out. And we're going to circle back to, back to that at the very end of the message. But for now, let's talk about lambs. That little guy, if he was surrounded by wolves, he would have a zero chance of survival unless he was on the shoulders of the shepherd. And at that point, his chances are 100%. Now, I'm not a shepherd. That might surprise you. I don't deal with a lot of livestock. But I read a book by a shepherd called A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. And he was talking about the characteristics of sheep that will improve our character. And I just want to share four of them with you that struck me the most. And I'm just warning you right now, when Jesus called you a sheep, it was not a compliment. Here's characteristic number one. Sheep are anxious. And they should be. They don't have sharp claws. They don't have fangs. They can't run very fast. Sheep are a predator's dream. And so when a sheep is anxious... They are, when I say they're anxious, I mean like jumpy anxious. True story from the book, he said if a jackrabbit jumps out of a hole, that jackrabbits are no more intimidating than sheep. Jackrabbit jumps out of the hole and startles a sheep. He'll just start to run. And he doesn't even know why he's running. But if one sheep runs, a bunch of other sheep around him start to run. They go, hey, why are we all running? I don't know, but I'm scared to death. You know what that reminds me of? 2020. Everyone was so triggered about what? Everything. I mean, jackrabbits popping out of holes and we just go into a frenzy. Why? Because we, like sheep, are anxious. As you probably know how the 23rd Psalm begins, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Do you remember the next line? He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Notice what he says, he makes me lie down. Sheep don't naturally lie down unless they're perfectly comfortable, and that requires being near the shepherd. So I just wanna suggest, if you're feeling right now maybe a little triggered, a little nervous, a little on edge, let me just suggest that what is going to help you lie down, help you get sleep, help you be at rest, is not solving social or political problems. It's getting near the shepherd because he's the one that will calm you to the place where you can truly be at rest. And that's characteristic number one. Number two, and I hate to bring this up because I don't want to offend anyone. So I'll just put it this way. This is true of me. If it's true of you, you can apply it in your own seat. Sheep are <laughs> dumb. I mean, capital D-U-M, dumb. When <clears throat> sheep, they love bad habits. So when they walk through a field, they will walk on the same path until it becomes a rut. They will actually graze on that field until they have destroyed everything, including themselves, eating the plants down to the roots of the bare dirt. Sheep are so dumb, when they're walking along, they come to a puddle of water, they'll drink the water, and then pee in the puddle. 
They walk on. The next sheep comes up and goes, oh, he drank, so I'll drink. And he drinks and then pees in the puddle. And on it goes. Well, that's a good way to get your flock pretty sick. So a shepherd has to always, always, this is a lesson, keep the flock moving forward. Because if it doesn't, they will destroy the field they're in and the other sheep around them. Sheep are just that dumb. One of the things that sheep do, and we recognize several parables Jesus told about sheep getting lost, you know why? They're not browsers, they're grazers. So head down, they just eat and eat and eat. They pay no attention to the other sheep around them. They pay no attention to where the shepherd is. In fact, some sheep are so dumb, they pay no attention to the cliff and they'll just walk right off a cliff because they're that dumb. And they find themselves stranded on a ledge or isolated all alone or surrounded by wolves, and they go, how did I ever get here? And some of you just wanna raise your hand right now and go, yeah, that's me. I just kept going in this relationship and it destroyed me. I just kept going in this business deal, paying no attention to what's going on around me, and I found myself isolated, alone, and surrounded by wolves. That's when the shepherd wants to come around you, and he will. It's a promise in 1 Peter. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. And maybe it's time for you, if you're feeling isolated and alone, to come back to the shepherd. Because once you get on the shoulders of the shepherd, you are virtually invincible to the wolves that are around you. Sheep are anxious, sheep are dumb. The third one is sheep are sickly. There is no other flock animal that is more prone to more diseases. Bot flies, nasal flies, parasites, cuts, abrasions. So a shepherd doesn't just watch over the flock, he has to carefully examine each specific lamb to make sure they're not sick. And to do that, a shepherd has two primary tools. One tool is a staff. It's that big stick with a crook on the end of it. That's how he gently nudges sheep. Or he'll take the crook and wrap it around its shoulders and pull the sheep back. But the other instrument he has is a rod. Think of a billy club with a big knot on the end of it. This is carefully selected by the shepherd as a weapon to defend against wolves, lions, tigers, bears, oh my. But that same rod that wards off the enemy is used to discipline his own sheep. So when the shepherd is standing there and the sheep starts to wander off, he gets a little too far, or he's ready to eat a plant that's poisonous, or two sheep start to fight, with deadly accuracy, the shepherd can take that, that rod and fling it at the sheep and hit him right in the back of the head, boom! And the sheep goes, ow, that hurt bad. <laughs> I apologize, I should have warned you a dad joke was coming. Sheep are, they don't just get sick. They have a condition that is really, I wouldn't have believed it if I hadn't seen it. It's called being cast, which basically they lay down and maybe there's a rut next to them and they roll into the rut. They literally cannot get up. They're on their back and all four legs are just flailing in the air. They're going, ah, ah. They're calling the shepherd, I need help. Come to me but they're also calling predators at the same time. And they're going to come to them. 
And whether the sheep lives or dies depends on who gets there first. If the shepherd comes, he will help the sheep. If a predator comes, he will help himself to the sheep. And what's interesting to me about being cast is it's not just the sickly, dumb sheep that get cast. Sometimes it's the healthiest sheep. Because if you have thick wool, which is healthy, it can pull you down. If you if you're pregnant with a lamb, it can pull you down. If you are fat, shepherds like fat sheep, it can pull you down. And I guess the warning for me, especially because of my own COVID experience, and though COVID is a nasty disease from which many have died, for me, that was a reminder. It doesn't matter how healthy you are. You're still prone to sickness. And some of you are really maybe spiritually healthy or relationally healthy, emotionally healthy, and yet you find yourself in 2021 off this unprecedented year flat on your back. Some of you right now are sleeping in separate bedrooms and you don't know how you ever got there. Some of you are filing for bankruptcy. And how how did I ever get here? You have children that are rebellious or worse, you don't even know where they are. And you're thinking, look, I'm flat on my back. How did, how did I ever get here? There is a warning in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 that says, if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you do not fall. All of us, all of us are prone to sickness and attack. And when we are flat on our backs, the enemy begins to lie to us and says, well, you're, you're here because you're foolish. You're here because you, you're stupid and you make dumb decisions. You're here because you, you're not strong, you're weak. And when the enemy lies to you, you begin to believe the lie. And you begin to believe that it's not the voice of the enemy, but the voice of your shepherd saying, I don't want you anymore. You're not worthy anymore. You're not valuable anymore. And that's a lie we absolutely must dispel. Your sickness does not offend your God. He's not coming at you with a pointed finger or a clenched fist and saying, well, you got yourself into a mess, just get yourself out. You've heard the saying, God helps those who help themselves. That is not in the Bible. The Bible says God helps the helpless. And your shepherd is never more present than when you are most desperate. And the reason I say that is despite these first characteristics, yet we we are sickly. Sometimes we are foolish. We are anxious. Nonetheless, here's characteristic number four, sheep are valuable. And I don't just mean valuable for what they can offer the shepherd. Yes, sheep offer the shepherd wool and meat, but that's not why the shepherd values you. Did you know, in Jesus' world, they didn't have dogs as pets. <laughs> For the Jews, dogs were unclean animals. You know, what they, you know what they had as pets? Lambs. Because lambs are emotionally connected to you. I, I don't know if you saw this, as they came out with a lamb, and it, every time I picked him up, from the very first time until this last one, he leaned his head on mine, as if to say, comfort me. Who doesn't love that? If you can understand the connection you have to a pet or a connection a shepherd has to a lamb, you will understand the connection that God has with you. 
He's crazy about you. I mean, I, huddle up for just a second. I want you to hear this. God doesn't just love you. He really likes you. And when he finds you isolated, alone, or surrounded by wolves, he doesn't scold you. He opens his arms and scoops you up, and he says, oh, you silly sheep. Let's go back home. Sheep are valuable, but your greatest value is not as an individual lamb. It is in the flock. Because a flock, then you wonder, why do you call it a flock? A lot of people call them a herd of sheep. That's not wrong, but technically the term is a flock. Why do you call sheep a flock when you call birds a flock? Because both birds and sheep move in synchronous movements. Because God designed them, hardwired their brains to need one another. And your strength as a sheep, your value as a sheep is in the flock when you're moving together and allowing the shepherd to lead you together. Now, don't get me wrong. If you get lost, the, sheep, the shepherd will come and find you. In fact, several times Jesus talked about uh, the shepherd leaving the 99 sheep in the field to go find the one. God will do that for you. But that's not your greatest strength. That's not your greatest connection. Your greatest value, your greatest strength, your greatest connection to the shepherd is when you are in the flock and the shepherd is right in the middle of all of you. And I want to talk straight for just a second because we, we're in a season of isolation. No, rightly so. Many of you are watching online right now because you are in a, a category of people that it may not be safe to gather in groups. Totally understand that. No, no judgment zone here, okay? But I also know that many people, isolated because we had to, for 20 weeks we didn't meet as a church, as a group, in a building. And sometimes sheep love those habits. Watching church in your jammies, watching it on demand on a treadmill, that's convenient. But it's not optimal. And I'm just asking you, at some point, when you're ready, and when it's safe for you, come back home. And it's not that we're trying to build a big flock, it's not that. It's that I've seen literally hundreds of people come back to church over the last few months, and so many of them break into tears because they remember what they've been missing, the community that strengthens you. And I'm still convinced that the local church is the hope of the world. And that your greatest connection to the shepherd is not as an individual. You can connect with him as an individual. But your greatest strength, your greatest connection to the shepherd is in the community of God's people. There's something interesting about uh, shepherds in the Bible that are different than shepherds around the world. You know, most shepherds, they get their sheep dogs and they drive the sheep from one field to another. Not biblical shepherds. In the Middle East, even today, they don't drive sheep, they call them and they call them by name. Psalm 95 says, for he is our God, and we're the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Today, if you would hear his voice, if only you would hear his voice. I want you to know, there's someone that needs to hear this right now. God's calling you, and he's calling you by name. If you're hearing him today, respond. Maybe you're flat on your back, you're cast. 
or maybe you're surrounded by wolves, if you can get back on the shoulders of the shepherd, your chances of survival are 100%. A shepherd wants you and he's inviting you to come back to the community, get in the flock, and feel the strength of the body of Christ around you. One of the most powerful things to me that Jesus ever said, he was dog-tired. You know, when you're a person like Jesus, but the demands are overwhelming. Everyone wants to touch him. Everyone wants to be healed. Everyone wants to listen to his sermons. Everyone wants to be near him on the front row when he preaches. And so Jesus had just overwhelmed with people, and he turns to the 12, and he says, guys, we need some R&R. So let's go across the lake. The, the Lake of Galilee is nine miles north to south. And they literally went clear across to the other side. As he gets in the boat, the locals say, hey, Jesus is leaving. But they didn't want to leave him. So they, on foot, ran to the next port. This is about a mile away. And they asked the locals there, have you seen Jesus? No, have you seen him? Yeah, he was at our city just a little while ago, but he got in a boat and went across the lake. We don't know where he landed. So port one and port two people start running to port three. He wasn't at port three, so they go to port four, port five. It was a 14-mile journey all around the lake on foot. They beat Jesus to the other side. Now imagine, you're Jesus, and you've got to have a good imagination. Because I, like, I would not have responded like Jesus' response. When I'm tired, I'm not a nice person. I, I'm not that nice on a good day. When on that day, it's like, man, it's... I would get out of the boat and say, go away. He steps out of the boat. You want to guess how many people were there? Just men. Just men. 5,000 men. Plus women and children. And yes, that is when he fed the 5,000. But I want you to read what Jesus said before he fed the 5,000, immediately getting out of the boat. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And today, if you're harassed and helpless, he has compassion on you too. And he wants to teach you and heal you and feed you. St. Augustine in the fourth century said, O oh God, thou hast made us for thyself and our souls are restless, searching till they find their rest in thee. Anyone hear the shepherd's voice? Hear him calling Ollie, Ollie, oxen free? Come on home. This is the story of one of our members out on our surprise campus, Todd Stewart. This is his story. My name is Todd Stewart, and uh, my wife and I, we attend CCV Surprise. We fell in love with the culture, we fell in love with the, the, the church, the family. Wow, we're really high this morning, guys. In 2017, things got real. Sorry, right, Lord, we got this. The same but a thing, we've been through this before. I found myself in the hospital. Found myself on a gurney. I had been transported by ambulance. My blood pressure was through the roof. Um, the doctor said, hey, we've got some really great news. You haven't had a stroke, but, and as soon as I heard that word, it was like the air just got sucked right out of the room. And they said, you have a nodule in your left adrenal gland. 
and you need to follow up with your doctors. All right, so that part of the D is done. And then it had a name, uh, pheochromocytoma. Three to four out of every one million people are diagnosed with it, and usually it's after they're gone. Ultimately, the only thing that can resolve it is surgery. But the surgery itself is so risky. I looked at my wife and I shook my head and I said, really? So I could die in surgery or I could die tying my shoes. I had to go on leave. We lost 40% of our income. Then COVID hit. My wife works in the healthcare field, so her hours were reduced. We were terrified. And I was just so dead inside. I didn't go to back to church. I didn't go back to neighborhood group. I was surrounded by people that just wanted to love on me and I wouldn't let them in. I felt comfortable in my misery and the lies that I was being fed. And then God just showed up in such a huge way. I was at a place in my life where my life, my physical life was threatened. And the only thing I could ask myself was, do I really trust God? When I got that diagnosis, I could not say that. The only thing I could think of was my wife, my kids, my job, my home. All the things that I knew that I could see. And then God reminded me, did you not remember it's not about what you see? It's what you don't see. And that's what changed. I had to start partnering with him. And I found myself back in scripture. I found myself reaching for my Bible again. And his word became so alive. Everything from you're adopted, you're loved, you're cherished, you're royalty. His promises became so real. I've been blessed by a church that is the hands and feet of Jesus. People in my neighborhood group, in my campus, that never gave up. Obviously, there's still some fear because every day is always a new day. But we knew that the only way we were going to survive it was if we surrendered it because this is something that we just couldn't control. Who knows? Who's to say that God isn't miraculous enough that I could wake up one morning, not have, a, not have PCC anymore, which would be an amazing blessing, or wake up one more day to 
love someone, to serve someone, and to bless someone. Love you. Have a good day. Remember, breathe deep. God's got it. Okay? Love you. What a story. One of the things that Todd said that really struck me is the only way to survive it is to surrender it. I think for all of us that find ourselves cast, flat on our back, surrounded by wolves, isolated, lost, alone, we need to surrender it to the shepherd. Because if you're on the shoulders of the shepherd, your chances of survival are 100%. I know for someone today, maybe you're watching online or watching on demand, or maybe you slipped into one of our campuses. You might be thinking, can I trust this shepherd? Because there are a lot of shepherds that they'll take you for what they can get from you. But this shepherd doesn't want something from you. He wants something for you. How do I know? Because Jesus is the only shepherd who became a lamb. As he began his ministry, he goes to get baptized by John the Baptist. Hundreds, maybe thousands of people are out there with John. And when John sees Jesus coming, he points his finger and shouts, look, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Now when we hear about a lamb, we think of a, a cute little creature. Not the Jews, not the Lamb of God. The one that takes away the sin of the world, that's the Passover lamb. You might recall, the night that Israel became a nation, freed from slavery in Egypt, there had been nine plagues. The 10th one was coming, the death of the firstborn. And when God warned his people, I'm gonna send an angel of death over all the land of Egypt to protect your home, kill a lamb, paint its blood on the doorpost of your house, and then eat that lamb as a family, along with matzah bread, unleavened bread, and, and, and wine, and I want you to remember, as the angel passes over, he sees the blood of the lamb. That's what it means to be the lamb of God. And Jesus, fast forward to the end of his life, he dies as the lamb of God to take away your sin and mine. And the night before he died, he gathered his disciples around him, small group in an upper room, and on that table, it's the same elements. It was a Passover meal. The Jews celebrated it year after year after year, and there was the lamb, and there was the bread, and there was the juice, and Jesus said, this is me. We don't celebrate that meal once a year. We do it every single week. We wanna do it together today. So if you have one of these packets, go ahead and pull it out. Don't, don't open it just yet. I'll lead us in a time where we take the bread and take the juice together. But we do wanna give you some space. If you didn't get one on the way into the room, we're gonna give you just a few seconds to go back and get one so that you can participate if you'd like to, no pressure. If you're at home, grab some crackers and some juice, maybe some wine, whatever you have to remember the body and blood of the Lord. But for all of us, we just need a space right now to personally privately drawn near the shepherd so that together we can remember our Lord Jesus Christ. Here's why. Psalm 23 
Verse four, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This is a way of drawing near to the shepherd. This is a way of getting back on his shoulders so that our chances of survival are 100%. Let's take some time to prepare our hearts for communion. The night before Jesus died, he took the bread and said, take, eat. This is my body broken for you. In the same way, after the supper, he took the wine and he said, take, drink all of it. This is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you. And we do this in remembrance of Jesus. I want to clarify one last point before we go. Remember, remember the verse we introduced you to at the very beginning? I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. I'm sending you out. That's critically important. Because a lot of people, especially when you're cast or isolated or lost, you're only thinking about survival. You know CCB well enough by now, I think, to know we're not interested in surviving. We're interested in thriving. We are going to get to that forward faith of the rhino. We are going to take territory. We are going to reach this valley for Jesus Christ. But only if we learn the dependence of the lamb. So we just want to take some time to get on his shoulders today. This has been our communion meditation. And now we're going to have a sermon. I'm not gonna preach it, you are. Our worship pastors on every campus, every stage are gonna come out and lead us in several songs. And as you declare as the flock of God, the goodness of Jesus, as you preach this message in these songs, let it resonate in each room and across the airwaves of those who are watching online, on demand, in their homes. We want everybody to know that we are a people who stand on the shoulders of the shepherd. He is the one who makes us strong. And on his shoulders, our chances of survival, 100%. Let's hear your best sermon right now.